Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable looking forward to bringing Let's Talk About Jesus to you today. I'm so glad that we are able to uh, able to minister something of substance from God's Word that I believe will help you in your life. I believe we what we're bringing in terms of teaching on subjects from the Scripture will help you to apply the principles that God has laid down for us to live in a faulty body in a fallen world and still have victory. Hallelujah. We are not victims down here. We are not left alone to fend for ourselves. Jesus put it this way in the new covenant. He said that I will not leave you comfortless. Amen. I will send you another comforter. He shall be with you and he shall be in you and he'll abide with you forever. Speaking of the precious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That word comfortless means is from the Greek word actually orphanous. I won't leave you like an orphaned child to fend for yourself. I will come back to you. I will come through the mediatory ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The paraclete, the one who is called alongside to help and how we need God's help through the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our life today. We're going to be talking about a good subject today. Who switched the price tags? Who switched the price tags? Rediscovering the truly precious things. This is all about priority in our life as Christians. And if you're not a Christian today, uh, would you please stay tuned and, and learn with us from the Word of God what is really important in our lives. Yeah. And and uh, at the end of this broadcast, we're going to, going to make a plea and give an invitation and allow anyone who will respond to the call of God to salvation. Today, I believe God will speak to you uh, through this broadcast broadcast and particularly and through the invitation the holy spirit himself will call you to salvation i have no doubt about that that is his job that's one of the reasons he was sent uh, in order to convict us of our sin convince us of our need for a savior and then reveal that savior is jesus christ (laughs) hallelujah well having said that let me make a statement to you today on the subject who switched the price tags rediscovering the truly precious things One of the leading theologians of the last century was William Temple. He once said these words, and I quote, The world as we live in it today is like a shop window in which some mischievous person has stolen in overnight and rearranged all the price tags. So the cheap things have high price tags on them, while the really precious things are priced low. And I'm going to make a statement personally today. The great task of the church in the postmodern world in the 21st century, which is more urgent now than ever, is to define what those really precious things are and to teach them to our children and to live them in our lives. And I'm going to amen myself today. That is exactly, we need to focus back on what is 
more important than than wealth, more important than health, as important as that is, more important than anything this world has to offer. And we need to focus on those things today. Precious in the dictionary means of great value, high price, highly esteemed and cherished. And this is what we're going to try to define today out of First Peter uh, and, uh, and see what the Bible says and Second Peter about the truly precious things. In Scripture, the word precious is used in the context of priceless things, things so valuable, no price could be compared to the true worth. So in First Peter chapter 1, we find our first mention of what should be on the top shelf and of things we consider vitally important and very, very precious. And I think you're going to be surprised to know what this is. So I'm not going to tell you till we read First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And in the seventh verse, we're put in a context for the text that we're going to read. And, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's the trial of our faith. Precious is the trial of our faith. You see, the trial that you and I may be going through right now. And when I say I, uh, I've heard the hyper-faith message. I don't have any problems. I only have answers. And I wadded that up and threw it immediately in the garbage can where it belongs. Because there's no place to build your faith to take you out of a faulty body and take you out of a fallen world. And as long as you and I live in faulty bodies, and we do, that's why we need God's help so desperately in our life. And as long as we live in a fallen world where things are going to occur that, that don't make any sense, that bad things do happen to good people and some good things still happen to bad people, and we're living in a world of inequity and inequality in in that sense of random things. But there is a faithfulness of God to those who will put their trust in Him. You know, the Scripture said, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. The longer I live, the more uh, trials and tests I faith. I face, but the longer I live, the more I'm experiencing the faithfulness of God as I put my trust in Him. No matter what is happening, no matter what is occurring, God is faithful. So let's put this in context in First Peter chapter 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. These strangers who are scattered, these are the Christians who, because of persecution are having to to uh, uh, be uprooted from wherever they are and seek places to live and places to work. First uh, Peter 1 and 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible 
undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You know, the message is getting clarity now. He's saying you may be scattered right now. You may not understand the persecutions you're going through. You may not understand why now that you become a Christian (laughs) that the hammer's fallen on you. Amen. But he's saying I want you to look past that. I don't want you to stop right here and try to figure it all out. I want you to know that you have an inheritance that nothing can shake, nothing can take from you. Eternal and reserved in heaven for you, who are kept while we're here, First Peter 1, 5, by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. What a statement. We greatly rejoice even though we're going through something and and we're in heaviness. How can you rejoice when you're in heaviness? Well, you have to trust God when all of that pressure is on, when all of that perplexity is on, when all of that puzzlement is on and you're wondering why is this occurring happening to me you have to you have to surpass that you have to bypass that <laughs> the bible said trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding commit thy way unto the lord trust also in him and he will bring it to pass In fact, we're told to rejoice and be exceedingly glad when we understand why these persecutions are coming. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, it said, After you were illuminated, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. And not only you, it's occurring in your brethren. You're not the only one going through a trial or a test. First Peter 1 and verse 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I want you to know I do not, I do not enjoy trials. But I rejoice in the fact that God has promised that that, that no temptation, and that includes the trials and persecutions of life uh, that come through circumstances of life over which we have absolutely no control uh, many times, uh, that, that, that think it not strange, the scripture declares, that fiery trial that has come to try you is some strange thing has happened unto you. But God is faithful. There's the anchor for your soul. Hallelujah. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you and I are able to bear. And when he talks about able to bear, he's talking about because that Jesus Christ now lives in us. The Holy Spirit now lives in us. The Father God now lives in us. And our body has become a physical temple, (laughs) amen, for God to live in and the Holy Spirit to live in and Christ to live in, thereby keeping his promise, lo, I'm with you 
always, even unto the end of the age. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are enabled. I'm going to put it that way, because if you ask me what I'm able to bear, you know, that it's, it's like a dentist saying to you, do you want a shot in your gums before I pull that abscess tooth? Mm, let me see. Let me see. Do I want to experience the pain and pressure, or do I want a shot to take the pain and pressure away? That That's a no-brainer to me. I don't, I don't want to go. I do not will, willfully seek out testings. They seek me out. I I don't have to seek them out. I live in a faulty body. I live in a fallen world, but I have a faithful father who said, call on me. Psalm fifty fifteen. if we keep an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving for this great truth and fact that God is with us through it all. Hallelujah. It said, and call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. Hallelujah. God is glorified when we go through things, just like other people go through things. Amen. But other people without the Lord, the Bible speaks of them, they're without God and without hope, therefore, in this present world. But we are not like others, the scriptures declare, who have no hope. Even in death, there is hope because of the promise of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise God. Keith Green sang, and he put it this way in one of the lyrics of his songs, he brought me here where things are clear and trials come to gold. I don't like to go through trials and testing But it is in those times of trials and testing that my faith has grown the most. I understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But it's when you're able to take the Word of God and put it into practice, particularly when you're under the pressure and the pain of trial, that you discover how faithful God is to watch over His Word to perform it. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many times have I claimed what has been promised in the Word of God and what God has purposed therefore and provided for me? How many times have I claimed the sufficiency of grace and experienced the sufficiency of grace? You know, the Bible said that tribulation, trials, tests, and the pressures they bring, tribulation worketh patience. That's that perseverance, that that commitment to seek God and trust God through it all. And tribulation worketh experience. That means when you begin and I begin to rely upon the Word of God and, and we begin to apply the Word of God to our circumstance, we begin to experience the faithfulness of God in our life. And we can comfort others with the same comfort, therefore, that we are comforted in God, of God. We can encourage others going through things that it, it looks like that it, it's never going to change and there's no answer and there's no way out. And we can tell them, per, not just because the word says it, but we can declare it because we have applied the word and experienced it in our own life 
circumstance. Amen. I do not just preach the word, and that is the most important. It's true because God said it. Amen. But I love to be able to give a testimony to something in my own life where I've applied the Word of God and experienced the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Looking back over my life, I can, I can say the trials that, that put me on my face and on my knees and, and taught me to depend upon the Lord. Those trials were actually precious, not while I was going through it, but because he brought me through it and convinced me even more of his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Amen. Trials only become precious, therefore, when we see the value of trusting Christ completely and discover the power and peace of total dependency. Total dependency. When I'm weak, then am I strong, the Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians 12 and verse 10. A preacher who was mighty in the pulpit was C.H. Spurgeon. And he said, and I quote, We are not strong when we compliment ourselves upon our ability. And we are strong when under a sense of absolute inability, we depend wholly upon God. Every God-called man or woman has experienced that strength in our weakness. Creature strength brings forth nothing which has life in it, only the seed which the Creator puts in the hand of our weakness will produce a harvest. It is well to be nothing. It is better still to be less than nothing, he said. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. You shall bear up triumphantly and come out of the furnace refined to the praise and glory of your God. When we are growing weak, when we become weaker and weaker, when we seem to faint under a deeper swoon than ever as to our own strength, till death is written upon every power that we once thought we had, and we feel that we can do absolutely nothing apart from the Holy Spirit, then we are strong indeed. And then he went on to say, let me make, let me, let me persuade you to make a full confession of weakness to the Lord. Say, Lord, I cannot do what I ought to do. I cannot do what I want to do. I cannot do what I used to do. I cannot do what other people do. I cannot do what I feel impelled to do. And, and over this sinful weakness, I mourn. Then add, Lord, I long to serve thee perfectly, yet I cannot do it. Unless thou help me, I can do nothing aright. There will be no good in my actions, my words, my feelings, my desires, unless thou continue to fill me with thine own holy energy. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Brother, you are strong when you plead in that fashion. You can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, and he will strengthen you now that you are emptied of self. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, friend, how true it is. When I am weak, then I am made 
strong. Hallelujah. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, we find Jehoshaphat facing a threefold army that has come into unity, three different nations unifying to defeat God's covenant people, to plunder them, to make their, their, their wives and children slaves and to take everything that they had and kill their men of battle. They are up against odds that look absolutely overwhelming. And, and we got to be careful with our confession of faith, not to leave out our absolute dependence on the Lord. Not just faith in our faith, but faith in His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat's prayer was so perfectly balanced to confess our weakness while confessing the source of our strength. Hallelujah. Amen. He prayed this way. He said, Lord, we have, we have no power. We have no might to go out against this great army, but our eyes are upon you, Jehoshaphat said, but our eyes are upon you. And then a prophet stood up in the audience when he finished that prayer, that perfectly balanced prayer between faith in ourself and faith in God. We have, we recognize our, our, our absolute inefficiency and inability, but we also recognize the faithfulness of God and his ability. Nothing is impossible with God and nothing is impossible to him that believeth hallelujah that great truth about God and put our faith in God glory to the Lord the apostle Paul with all of his anointing all of his revelations and all of his faith he said not that we are sufficient as of anything of ourselves but our sufficiency is of the Lord in other words we are sufficient in his sufficiency. <laughs> I can't do anything of myself, but I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. You see, therefore, friend, the world runs from trouble and trials to escape reality. We run to God in the time of trouble and find reality, the reality of peace and power, the divine adequacy of grace provides. And we find that it is absolutely sufficient. Praise God. Absolutely sufficient. God is so faithful today. Amen. I have victory today. I'm going to declare that because that's the absolute truth. I am not a victim. I am a victor in the name of Jesus Christ. But it is all because of the faithfulness of God. The trial that brought you closer to God produced a positive, not a negative in your life. The pressure that caused you to cry out to him and diligently seek him out did not defeat you. It served only to stimulate perseverance, producing endurance. Praise God. Amen. In the Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work work together for good 
to them who love the Lord and have been called according to His purpose. Amen. All things, even what you're facing right now, God has the, the, the ability and the wisdom and the foreknowledge and the knowledge to take everything that touches your life and mine and weave it together for His eternal purpose, for our good and His glory. Amen. For our good and His glory. Hallelujah. Edward Chin, rector of All Saints Church in Philadelphia, wrote, Do you know that the Woody Woodpecker cartoon started life as a problem for honeymooners? Grace and Walter Lance rented a rustic wooden cabin in the forest for their honeymoon. At the first dawn, a woodpecker started its pounding on the roof. The newlyweds couldn't sleep for the noise. With humor, they heard it day after day. By the time they returned from their honeymoon, they were inspired to create a cartoon character. And his name, of course, was Woody Woodpecker. Walter drew the pictures. Gracie became Woody's voice. Years later, at their 50th wedding anniversary, Grace remembered the problem of the noisy woodpecker and said, It is the best thing that ever happened to us. Amen. Hallelujah. That that was a bother. That that was, uh, but they begin to laugh at it. They begin to, to just say, you know, there's that old woodpecker again waking us up at daybreak, pecking on the roof. But, you know, it worked out that it was that very irritant that that gave a creative idea in the midst of that that negative <laughs> that turned out to be something so very positive for Walter and his wife Gracie amen and I, i'm i'm I, I, some of you don't remember the woody woodpecker cartoons but i remember them i had no idea that Gracie Walter's wife was the voice of woody woodpecker could it be in your trial and mine that God is going to bring us into a place where we become a, a creative in our thinking? We come to a place where we say, Lord, you know, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take every plan that I have and I'm going to put a pin in it. <laughs> I'm going to put it on hold. I'm going to take every every purpose that I thought was you and I'm going to I'm going to reconsider it and I'm going to lay it before you once again. I want your will to be done in earth in me just like it is in heaven. I'm dependent on you. My plans will surely fail. But your plan and purpose for my life, if I discover it, trust you for it and follow through with it, it is going to bring forth fruit. It's going to bring good to me and it's going to bring glory to you. Amen. I, 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 I believe with all of my heart I'm speaking to somebody going through a heavy trial because we don't just randomly pick the, the topics that we're going to talk about, we prayerfully pick these topics. And today I'm talking to somebody that is in heaviness through the pressures and the pain 
of a fiery trial. And I want to remind you that God does love you. And He's going to be faithful to you. And He will not allow you to be overwhelmed by this. If you will confess your need for Him and put your trust in Him. Amen. Looking, the Scripture said, unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. I don't know uh, what, what, what your need may be, but I know the greatest need of your life is to trust God right at this holy moment, right here and right now. And God will not fail nor forsake you because His Word will not fail. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, the Scriptures declare that you are without God and that you are without hope, therefore, in this present world. And when people lose all hope, then they become fatalistic, self-destructive. They become depressed because they can't stand the pressure and the pain without any hope of relief. And that's when people do these terrible things, these unthinkable things, that if they had a little bit of light at the end of that tunnel, they would have held on. And I pray that you see the light and you see the love of God and you see the hope that you have when you accept Christ as your Savior and God becomes your Father and the Holy Spirit becomes your Helper. Amen. Come to Jesus today and experience the grace, the peace, and the strength that you need. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <music> 